We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Super Barrow. No Johnny today. He is still on vacation. He will be back next week. Uh, we had Cam DeSilva on the podcast today from Rams Wire. We had a great interview with him. Good discussion. It will come up in a little bit, uh, so stay tuned for that. I did want to, and obviously I talked about this a bunch with Cam, but uh, you know the Rams... Or two and three, coming off a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. Not, you know, not a game anyone expects us to win, even with how the team has played this year, which has been, of course, better than expected. And the big, the big news out of the day is Van Jefferson was traded after playing what two snaps in that game with Cooper Cup back. He found himself on the bench, and Cam and I talked about this a bunch. Uh, the Rams ended up getting back a. Six-round pick. They also gave up a seven. So, essentially, he gave up on Van Jefferson to move up a couple picks. I did kind of want to talk about a little bit how just – and I mentioned this briefly with Cam, so he might, it might come up again on the pod. But there – with this two and three team, there is a lot of holes on the team, obviously. Um, not as many on the offensive side of the ball as on the defense – as on the defensive side of the ball. And – I, I think like with the Van Jefferson trade, it's it's a good time to like briefly revisit just kind of how we put ourselves in this situation, which obviously the the short answer is we traded a bunch of our draft picks for talented players. We won a Super Bowl. This was bound to happen. But I think with what you see this year, there are a lot of players contributing that are rookies. Puka Nakua, Kobe Turner, Steve Avila. Byron Young, and it really feels like even without a first-round pick, I know 36 is the highest they've picked, I think, since Jared Goff in 2016. Like, you feel the effects of what a good draft class can do for you, and it's something that we haven't had since, I would say, 2017 with 
Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, John Johnson, uh, even Josh Reynolds, Samson Mibukam to an extent contributed as well. Uh, but I would say really Cup, Everett, Johnson, guys who stepped in and, you know, Everett wasn't phenomenal, but Johnson, Cup, guys who made huge impacts from day one. Uh, and we're seeing what that is felt like today because these guys are lifting the team to an extent and Puka's emergence is the reason we're even talking about this Van Jefferson trade. But you can look back on this section of draft picks from 2018 to 2022. And I think, yes, obviously, these are, these are I'm going to talk about our day two picks today. We made 12 of them during this time. Uh, I believe it was f- uh, five or four second round picks and then eight third round picks. You're not going to hit on every one of these, but we see now what the effects of hitting on your day two picks does when you draft three players who um with Avila is really good with Turner is getting really good with Young seems like he will be good at some point no still a lot of growing pains there but the hole we dig ourselves into isn't just because of trading picks it's because we were so confident that we can make picks with late round selections and kind of stockpile those and the Rams have done historically a really good job on day three of the draft, uh, given you know the hit rate on day three. But when you look at day two, so here's what they did between 2018 and 2022. They drafted 12 players. Five of these guys were cut before their rookie contracts ended. That was Daryl Henderson, Bobby Evans, Terrell Lewis, Terrell Burgess, and Logan Bruss. Those were all third-round picks outside of Henderson and Evans for like literally one game. Those guys gave us nothing, like absolutely nothing. Lewis played a little bit. He didn't do much. Burgess barely played. Uh, Henderson had some moments. I'm not going to call him like a huge bust because you know, he did contribute a little in the Super Bowl run. Two guys were traded before their rookie contracts ended. Cam J. Akers, Van Jefferson. Again, both guys contributed stuff to the team, but those were second-round picks in the same draft, both skill positions. Um which obviously we've talked about at length how they they needed this year to draft unsexy players on day two, and they did finally. Akers and Jefferson, again, both had moments. Ultimately, we're sitting here, uh, both are out the door because they just weren't performing. One player was extended. That's Joe Noteboom, 2018 third-round pick. He is, Cam and I talked about how he might not even play when he comes back and he's the highest paid lineman on the team. And so we can debate that extension day and night, less than historically his extension hit rate. It's not the best. Uh, two players played out the rookie contracts and, and then left David Long and Taylor Rapp. You know, David Long played a lot. I don't think he was very good. Taylor Rapp did hope but was better. I, I wouldn't even, you know, for a late second round pick, not, not a huge bust. And then, the last two guys who will likely play out the rookie contracts, Tutu Atwell and Ernest Jones, will see if they get extended. Uh, I would say probably unlikely for Tutu, just with Pook and Cooper Cup there. Ernest Jones, we'll see. We'll see how they address that position in the future. But really just like bringing it back to the point, that's 12 guys. And, you know, how many of them were really worked out? Uh, I guess Noteboom at 89, we could call a success. Ernest Jones a success. Two two out well, I guess probably a success, but you guys know where we stand on that pick and what it could have been. 
and again, that was the year after you drafted Cam Akerson and Ben Jefferson. So as kind of a, you know, effect of the 2-2 outlaw pick is Van Jefferson not playing out his rookie contract because 2-2 outperformed him and took that spot and there was no snaps for Van. So, I I mean, I don't really have anything to add to this other than, like, they could be in a better position than they are now, even though, you know, I'm kind of delighted with how much they've been competing so far. And I think I had them one and four at this point going into the season. They're two and three. We'll take it. But the foundation that was built in the draft this year needs to be the blueprint going forward, especially when you're a team that likes to trade for wide receivers, likes to sign skill players or like big name guys. Take the path you took this year, draft for need and draft players that are good at positions that you need because we're seeing the results right now. Before we get to Cam, I do, of course, want to talk about our sponsor, PrizePix. PrizePix is a daily fantasy sports website and app you can get on your phone, but instead of playing daily fantasy against other players, you're just playing against yourself and you're playing against lines that are handed you by the app. You're going to get a stat line. You're going to have to choose if you think a player will get more or less. The more players you pick, up to six, the more money you're going to win if you hit big on this. And it's super easy. You just you log into the app. You pick a couple players. I'll give you the guys I picked this week. Tony Pollard is at 70 and a half rushing yards against the Chargers. I'm going to go less. I think if the Cowboys succeed in this game, it's going to be a, a statement game for Dak coming back, playing against his old offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Curtis Samuel at 34 and a half receiving yards. I think that's a steal. He's been one of their favorite targets. That's real low. I think he's going to get that. Two Vikings, Jordan and Addison at 54 and a half receiving yards. CJ Hawkinson at 50 and a half. I'm going less on Addison. I'm going more on Hawkinson. I haven't been impressed with Addison, and I think Kirk Cousins is going to rely more on Hawkinson and KJ Osborne than Addison. I think 54 and a half is heavy for that. He's either going to have a breakout game or he's not. I'm betting against it. And then Lamar Jackson at one and a half passing, rushing, or receiving touchdowns. I'll always bet on my man Lamar. I'm going more there. So those are my picks. Pollard less, Samuel more, Addison less, Hawkinson more, Lamar Jackson touchdowns more. And if you want to join in, man, it's so easy. You just download the apps. You give them our promo code RAMSTALK, all caps, no spaces, or go to prizepicks.com slash RAMSTALK, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K. Use our code RAMSTALK for first deposit match up to $100. So if you put in 100 bucks, you're getting $200. That's it for me. We will be back with Johnny next week and enjoy our conversation with Cam. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. I am here with the Rams Wires, Cam DeSilva, uh, frequent guest of the pod. Cam, thanks for coming on, man. Always great to get you on. Yeah, always happy to come on. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invite again. So I think uh, a more exciting podcast um, than we expected when I asked you to come on here last week. Uh, the Rams, very quickly after Cooper Cup's return, you know, there was a lot of speculation about how the receiver room would play out between Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson. And it turned out that they just didn't play Van Jefferson outside of a small number of snaps. And then very quickly, I think two days later, uh, Van is off the team. He is was traded to the Falcons for a, I think the Rams traded Van in a seventh round pick for a sixth round pick in an upcoming draft. A lot of people, I think, mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like they're a little upset about just giving away Van Jefferson for nothing. But I want to get your take on, on this and how, how quickly just they moved on after one game of Van not being the starter. Yeah, I wasn't terribly surprised. I mean, all offseason, it seemed like, I'm, I'm not going to say everyone expected Puka to be the guy that he is now, but you had a crowded receiver room where you knew Cooper Cup was going to be up there. Tutu Atwell was having a go- good off season, and then Cooper goes down, and you kind of expect Van to be that number one guy, and he just didn't turn out to be um, someone that Matthew Stafford trusted very much when Cooper Cup wasn't in there. Um, so you could kind of see this coming from from a little further away than uh, as quickly as it came together. Um, it's not terribly surprising, and I know people are mad about death, like, oh, if Cooper Cup gets hurt again, he hurts his hamstring, or Cooper Nuka was always injured in college, and this and that. And um, I think part of it came down to wanting to do right by Van, knowing that he wasn't going to get playing time, and just kind of wanting to send him to a team that he would get more playing time on, even though the Falcons are not a terribly heavy team that uses three receivers. So um, I think they kind of wanted to just do well by him, like they have in the past with other players, ship him somewhere that maybe he wanted to go. Maybe they had his input and and asked him where he kind of preferred to go uh, uh, based on teams that might've been interested. Um, I think what's interesting is the fact that they waited until now to trade him after only giving him two snaps, which kind of showed other teams like, Hey, we don't need this guy unless they're protecting him from injury and already had something kind of coming together. But um if he had a bigger start to the season, maybe you get more for him. But um, I mean, you're worth what someone else is willing to pay. And that's, I'm sure that was the best offer that the Rams got from anyone. So um, that's, that's kind of the going rate for these veteran and not veteran, but players in the final year of their contract who are not terribly pr- productive. Um, that's kind of what you're going to get from is a later on pick swap. So uh, yes, a great have it. Um, but we also saw on the four first four games of the season that he did not do a lot when the Rams needed him. So even if someone gets hurt down the line, you can't expect him to come in and have a huge season 
um, or, or some great performance in place of Cooper Cup or Puka if they were to go down. So um, you have Demarcus Robinson, you have Ben Skoranek, you have depth at the position. So if someone does go down, you're going to be okay. Um, and now they get a guaranteed pick upgrade at least in 2025 rather than hoping that they can get a comp pick um, if he leaves in free agency. So long-winded answer, but not terribly surprised. And uh, they're just kind of probably trying to do right by Van and send him somewhere where he can get more playing time. Yeah, I think really the only thing that gives me slight pause would be that comp pick that you mentioned that <clears throat> they they maybe could have gotten a six-round pick anyways if they had held on to him. But at the same time, yeah. you know, this guy, he's given you a lot on the team. It's while his tenure here left a lot to be desired, it's not like he was a disaster. Like he was right. fairly productive for a lot of the stretch. And, you know, like you said, they're, you definitely want to do right by him. It's a contract year. Let him try and earn some money. And I think like yep. if, if there was more out there for him, somebody would have paid it because it's not like, mm-hmm. like I'm sure, you know, maybe they consulted with him when they realized what the market was, but if somebody's offering like a fifth round pick for him, they're obviously going to play him. So, I mean, oh, there yeah, probably yeah. wasn't a big appetite, especially after the Rams basically were like, well, you're not playing here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, there just really wasn't a big role for him. And I don't think he would have had much of a role if Cooper Cup was healthy to start the year. And we might have just seen him on the bench, kind of like Cam Akers last year, where we expected him to be the starter and he was just a backup to Daryl Henderson. And we know how that went. But um, I just don't think there was much room for him left in Los Angeles, especially with Tutu being a deep threat now and a more rounded receiver. And Van just, he's just, he doesn't do one thing great, I would say. I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a decent deep threat, but he's not physical when he's going up to make catches. He doesn't have great hands. So it's kind of just, he, he wasn't like a, a special player in one area. Right. And even when we drafted him, it was confusing in the sense that if he pans out, he's doing similar things that Robert Woods and at the time. Exactly. Pre, yeah. At the time pre Cooper Cup evolving into another yep. being was doing. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and like 2023 Van Jefferson, when he was on the field, he didn't do anything that Demarcus Robinson couldn't do. Not saying he's a, not a worse right. player, but like Demarcus Robinson could have popped right. that one deep pass that Van Jefferson <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah it's 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 a little weird and it's overall it's been a very just like weird season I think for the Rams it's it's just like it's it's odd to look at like five weeks out from the start of the year I think they're so much better than we expected but the record doesn't necessarily show it I think you know going into the season I'm assuming most people would have thought looking at that schedule they they'd be one and four and they're two and three, mm-hmm. which is mildly surprising just record wise, but how they've played, um, you know, they, they almost beat the 49ers. They almost beat the Bengals that the Bengals game might've been more an indictment on the Bengals, but uh, the 49ers are obviously, you know, may arguably the best team in the league and they, they kept up with the Eagles for most of the game. So, I'm curious, like, mm-hmm. what's your assessment of the team just, like, through five games? Because they're definitely better than we thought, but it's hard to gauge, like, how good they actually are. 
Yeah, I completely get what you're saying. It's like before the season, if you said there were two and three, you'd be like, okay, that's a decent start given the schedule. They could have beaten the Seahawks or the Bengals and you expect to beat the Colts. Um, but it feels like they should be better than two and three. I mean, in every game, they've been competitive. They crushed the Seahawks. They were right there with the 49ers who look unbeatable right now. The Bengals, they absolutely should have beaten and probably would have if Alaric Jackson doesn't get hurt. The Eagles, I mean, they, they had a 14-10 lead with, what, a minute left in the first half, and then they get yeah. – it was uh, 13 unanswered left, by think. the Eagles. And it just, yeah, yeah, I know. It was like a 20-second drive, 75 yards with all those penalties. But um, you felt like they were in every game and that they had a chance to win, and second-half play has just really killed them, and it almost cost them the Colts game too. So um, they just – the offense is kind of what we expected. Like, yeah, there's a lot of talent. It's a it's a good group. The offensive line is okay. They're better when fully healthy, which we haven't seen very much already this season. And the defense is just kind of what we expected. Akella Witherspoon has helped a lot because I was really worried about that cornerback group uh, before the season started, but he's been really, really good. Safeties have been okay. Edge rushers have been kind of what we expected. Byron Young's been good, but Mike Hoyt is kind of a disaster on the outside. Um, and then the interior of the defensive line is just small, and now you lose Bobby Brown and it gets even smaller. So when you're going to play against these physical running teams, it's going to be tough to stop them between the tackles. And um, I, I honestly I feel better about the Rams now than I did before the season started. I know – Technically, in Vegas, their odds have worsened for the Super Bowl, and I still don't expect them to win or even come close to it. But they look like a playoff team to me, honestly. I mean, they've played three out of out of the four uh, conference championship teams from last season and played all of them pretty competitively. Um, that's their only losses to those three teams, too. So I think they look like a playoff team, especially in an NFC uh, picture that doesn't look great outside of like the Cowboys, the 49ers, um, the Eagles, obviously. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the playoffs. And before the season, I was kind of even lower on them. Yeah, and even like you look the next couple of games, even though they're two and three, Cardinals, Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, with the mm -hmm. exception of the Cowboys, which, I mean, who knows after this week, but I still say they're sizably yeah. better. All winnable games. And they could, eat, I think, they'll mm -hmm. easily after the stretch find themselves in the playoff mix. And I, I, I'm wondering what they're gonna do with this roster because they're clearly not in contention for the number one pick. Like that conversation ended pretty much after week two. And yeah. but, but the way they're set up, like because, like you mentioned. I think going into the season, there was a lot of holes. I think the main ones that gave us a lot of pause were offensive line, edge rushers, and cornerbacks, uh, and to a lesser extent, safeties. Mm -hmm. And well, I think we're the offensive line is definitely better than we expected when Alaric Jackson's out there. Edge rushers are awful, and cornerbacks, like Akella Witherspoon, has been great and a real pleasant surprise, but... Uh, mm -hmm. he's a vet on a one-year deal and there's not necessarily and he's also not like the guy long term and so yeah like yep. given what we saw last year where they aggressively with a bad record tried to pursue Christian McCaffrey and Brian Burns I I just wonder if how they're looking at the team and like do do they think that they should tr try a gamble like that again 
Um, even though, you know, I don't think they're one piece away from being a Super Bowl contender, but adding an edge rusher or cornerback, if you, there is an elite guy that comes on the market, I don't know if you want to trade your first-round picks, but given the history we've seen of Les Need and Sean McVay, like, I wonder when the trade deadline comes around if they're going to talk themselves into that or if they're going to stay the course and go the route that they probably should, which is unless somebody's available for nothing uh, or a very bargain price, probably just stay the course and continue to prepare for 2024 while you push for a playoff spot. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought and something that I, that I thought about recently. It's, it's they're, they're definitely not one piece away. And when you look at their roster in 2024, I don't know that there's a position that you can look at that you would say, yep, they're good there. Like they're all set. You don't need to really address that. Like, you can look for your next left tackle. You can look for uh, wide receiver help, even though you have Cooper and Puka and Tutu. Um, cornerback definitely need, edge rusher definitely need, interior defensive line you're going to need because Aaron Donald's nearing the end of his contract and probably career. Safety help you can use. Like They're going to need all the top picks that they can get for this rebuild, even though Lesney doesn't want to call it that. And he, he even said earlier this year, I think it was a couple months ago. He was like, yeah, we're going to, we kind of shed the books and got all these contracts off and we're going to go back to our aggressive ways in 2024. So I don't know if that's an indictment on how he feels about this team currently. Like if he went into the season thinking we're going to roll with what we have, not going to make any moves, even if we're five and oh, we're not going to aggressively pursue a star and trade our picks. Um, but I think they're in a position where, you're not one piece away. I didn't think they were one piece away last year. I think trading for McCaffrey would have been nuts. And it, obviously he's turned out to be great in San Francisco, but um, I don't think they're in a position to go push for someone like a Brian Burns or Chase Young. I would rather just wait until free agency next year when you're, when you're going to have a bunch of available cap space. You're going to have a first round pick that you can help uh, you, that you can use to help build out the roster and kind of go from there. Uh, who knows? I mean, maybe they're expecting Matthew Stafford to say, hey, I'm done after the season and they need that first round pick to go get a quarterback. Like, we don't know exactly what's going on in that building. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, I I would probably pass on being super aggressive at the deadline. But I mean, looking ahead to that schedule, you mentioned Cardinals, Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, you can go three and one in that stretch and get to five and four is that what they would be yeah five and four before the bye week I mean that's that's a respectable record and then you got Seahawks Cardinals two winnable games Browns that's a winnable game Ravens would be tough but they look beatable Commanders Saints for like these are Giants 49ers these are winnable games you can you can easily go on a run there but um, even still I think you get to the playoffs and they're not good enough to kind of really make that push to a Super Bowl where you're one piece away, even if they go get an edge rusher, if they go get a stud corner. Um, I don't think they're at that point right now. Yeah, and and you'll have cap space next year to potentially add yeah. that edge rusher corner. You'll have a first-round pick, which I think a big reason why we haven't added edge rusher in a meaningful way is because they've never had that. And when you look mm-hmm. at what they did last year in the draft, which is like after – years and years of just bombing drafts um you know just could have been better they made some nice picks but like they finally on day two they get steve avila byron young and kobe turner all three guys who at worst look like they can be starters for the duration of their 
rookie contract Avila I think looks like he could yep. be, be a stud and um young maybe when we get a an elite edge rusher in there it seems like he could be a great compliment and then you even like you get Puka Nakua late who's obviously that guy um Trey Tomlinson looked good in the preseason maybe he's something it'd be tough after this draft for them to go out and unload all their draft picks this early to kind of go in on a team that would need a lot of things to happen to other teams to really have a shot this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I completely agree. I mean, these are guys that you're the rookies that you mentioned, these are guys you're building around for the next three, four years. So you need to kind of continue to build that roster to complement them rather than going all in on one player. Like you need, you need these picks to, to continue building this roster. You can't just go out and get one guy and spend the first rounder and second rounder on Brian Burns and, um, just out of hopes that he's going to put you over the top this year, because I don't think they're in a position to do that. Uh, but yeah, this draft class looks, looks really good initially. And I mean, those guys that you mentioned, Avila, Young and Turner are already starters. So I don't see why they couldn't continue to develop and get better and, and remain starters for the rest of their rookie contracts, which was not the case for a lot of the guys that we've seen in the past. The, even the 2020 draft with Cam Akers, Van Jefferson gone, Terrell Lewis, Terrell Burgess, uh, all gone and they really never became top end starters for the Rams. So um, didn't even make it to their, to the end of the rookie contract. So um, yeah. if you can get that from a lot of these rookies this year, that makes a big difference. There's been like, I think they drafted 11 players on day two between what, like 28, 2019 or 2018 and 22. And like four of them are going to play out the rookie contracts, which is <laughs> it's yeah it's yeah it's it's wild yeah and and they've been able to cover it up a little with what they've done later in the draft but um this year they needed this Mm -hmm. year because it was looking Mm -hmm. real rough and and we're not going to relitigate the 2-2 pick we're giving that a pass for the year because he's playing great but like that obviously him emerging helps uh ease some of those complaints as well uh that we could finally look at that pick and at least you know could have been better if it was earlier production but the fact that we're getting production, that that's that's a win enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're finally getting signs of that. Right, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, we talked a little bit about Avila and the offensive line, and, uh, I saw either today or yesterday, uh, well, I guess this will be coming out Thursday, so, at this week, you wrote an article, uh, for Rams Wire, detailing why you think Kevin Dotson, who's been filling in at guard for Joe Noteboom, should probably stick at offensive guard, even when Noteboom is healthy. Noteboom, obviously, was paid left tackle money and then lost his job to Alaric Jackson, who's been, who's been great. Uh, but I just wanted to hear, like, for the listeners, like, you kind of expand on what you're seeing with Dotson and comparatively what you're seeing with Noteboom and why you think that a change like that would happen. And ultimately, obviously, we don't know this, but, like, do you think they'd actually go that route, given how much money Noteboom is making? 
Yeah, I think I think they would because throughout the offseason, I mean, they weren't they weren't afraid to move Nopum from that left tackle spot to guard after he got beat out by Alaric Jackson. And um, I think they said all offseason that they're going to play their best five. And I don't see why that would change in season now. Um, if you have someone like Kevin Dotson, who's playing much better than Nopum and you traded for Dotson um, before the season started for this exact reason. And I think that was kind of a sign of, of hey, we don't have as much confidence in Tremaine Ancrum and no as we um, maybe initially did at right guard. So um, let's go out and get someone like Dotson who uh, has experience starting. Um, he just plays a kind of a physical brand of football versus no boom, who I think is more like tackle and more finesse on the outside rather than um, that true guard, that physical um body moving guard who can just play with an edge on the interior. And um, I think Dotson in, especially in the running game, he's, he's doing a good job clearing lanes and um, just using his size to, to open up holes for Kyron Williams. And um, we didn't necessarily see that as much from Nopum uh, when he was at right guard. And then in pass protection, Nopum was really, really struggled. I mean, he struggled last year at, at left tackle before he got hurt. He struggled at left tackle this year when he filled in, uh, for Alaric Jackson, I think that was um, in the in the Colts game, and then he wasn't great at right guard either. Um, so he just he's constantly hurt too, and and just these nagging injuries. McVay has said it multiple times. He's battling through these like nagging issues, and um, w- if you have a chance to get some continuity on that offensive line without having to fear like, hey, this guy's going to get hurt, we're going to have to replace him again, we're going to have to shuffle this and that. Um, I think you kind of just roll with what's working right now. And, and that seems to be Dotson at right guard. And um, if Dotson struggles or gets hurt, then you have no boom. If Alaric Jackson gets hurt, then you have no boom. So he's a good flexible player to have, not someone you want to be paying as much as the Rams are to be a backup guard and tackle, but um, you got to go with kind of what's working right now. And that's with Dotson. Yeah. And it's, it's genuinely like a little unbelievable that they, restructure no boom's contract but that's a topic oh, yeah. for next offseason and like with Dotson you know they, they gave up not like a ton of draft capital but like fourth round pick and a fifth round pick that's that's meaningful capital for this guy so it's not like this is somebody who they kind of just like pulled off the street as an undrafted free agent it's he's a guy who's played in the NFL for years as, as a starter with the Steelers and um I I think I agree with you that you know the fact that they didn't just blindly play no boom at tackle means I don't think they care about swallowing that money a little bit. And, uh, you know, no boom might mm-hmm. be upset about it, but getting paid that much money to not play isn't, isn't the worst gig in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> Next year is the issue with, with no boom. His cap hits 20 million. They can cut him and that would save him 5 million, but that would put 15 million dead money on the books. So, um, next year is going to be really interesting with Nopum because I don't know what exactly you do with him. <laughs> um, if he's not good enough to start, I don't know that you want a guy making $20 million being a backup. So that's going to be interesting to see. And we've seen it before where they're not afraid to eat dead money to get rid of a guy and save a little bit of cap space. So maybe we see that again. Um, I just don't know what you do with him right now. Yeah. I think either they figure out a money situation with a trade partner or, or they eat it. I, yeah, I, I I can't believe they they restructured him and to not even really yeah. like spend it on anything, you know, of note. Yep. Uh, yep. Because I think they they still have some cap space sitting there right now, right? 
Yeah, it's like six million or something after uh, after trading Van. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> well, um, the last question I had for you, Cam, is uh, obviously there's been a lot of interesting developments. Is there what what to you like whether it's a player or like a situation, positive or negative, has been the the biggest surprise with the 2023 Rams so far? Well, obviously Puka, I didn't expect him to be the guy that he's been for them, but um, I I think um, I've been just really pleased with how uh, Stafford has played. Like seeing him last season, he did not look like the quarterback that we've been used to watching. And I know this year he has five touchdowns, five picks. It doesn't look like anything spectacular, but he's been playing really, really well. And I think that should give the Rams – plenty of confidence moving forward with him as their quarterback. Like he's past this back issue. He he's over the elbow injury. And um, Andrew Whitworth talked about it earlier this offseason. Like people didn't realize just how bothersome and how impactful that elbow injury was for him last year. Like it, it, it affected him throughout the offseason where he's not throwing to guys. He barely threw in training camp that had a huge impact on how he played in the regular season. And now seeing him healthy and, just kind of cutting it loose and throwing, throwing the ball all over the field and um, just playing with confidence. It, it looks like, like he's trusting his receivers. He's throwing down the field. He's not taking these check downs. The Rams are not like this um, really dink and dunk offense. They're, they're making explosive plays and um, it's just good to see him playing with kind of that aggressiveness again, after a down year in 2022 where he was injured and, um, just not looking like his usual self as a, as a gunslinger, which we've known him as for a long time. So the numbers don't show that he's playing well, but I mean, he's making some really, really good big time throws down the field and um, showing that he's, when he's on, he's a legitimate top 10 quarterback. And obviously we get the, a lot of the bad with Stafford too, with um, some of these kind of over aggressive interceptions and throws he shouldn't be making, but um it's good. It's just good to see him. Like he's giving the Rams a chance. Like if they had last year's version of, of Stafford, I don't think they're two and three right now, but he's playing a high level of football right now. And even though the numbers don't show that. Yeah. And, and we talked about a lot before the season, like there was obviously the questions about his elbow going to last season. And we really got no answer in either direction yeah. of whether or not he was cooked or not, because the situation around him got so bad um, mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't really know if it was his fault or if it was the line's fault or the coaching's fault or uh, probably a bit of everything in between. And it's been good to see. Obviously, he has a lot to polish up right now in terms of uh, the mistakes, and some of them haven't been totally mm-hmm. his fault, and McVay's got a lot of work to do too. But, like, yeah, the fact that he he's slinging it again and is making some great passes, albeit mixed with a couple bad passes, like, we didn't yeah. we didn't yep. see Stafford being able to make these plays last year and um I think that's the number one like as soon as we saw that in week one, it was kinda like th- this team is not trying to get Caleb Williams. Like Stafford's here. They could have moved down from his yep. contract. They didn't, and they're gonna try and win with him in, in twenty four. Yeah, for sure. And he, he he didn't have his best last week against the Eagles. He missed a few throws. That one to two two over the middle is one that's gonna yeah, probably eat at him. It could have been a 63 yard touchdown, but um, he's made so many good throws this year, like sidearm throws. I mean, the one to, to Van Jefferson on fourth down, I think it was against the Colts 
Um, just so many really, really good throws that we didn't necessarily see last year. And it's good to see him getting protection too in the pocket for the most part where he can actually have more than a half second to, to look at his receivers and find someone open. Yeah. And him and McVay, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they figure it out over the next couple of weeks. Cause with cup back, like this is not, not just like an above average receiving core. Like it's a pretty great receiving core with how book is playing and two, mm-hmm. two emerging as a legit third guy, uh, which I would mm-hmm. say is more shocking to me than Puka being like a pro bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really. It, yeah, it really is. Honestly. Yeah. I, I didn't have that as my bingo card as late as halfway through the first game. So I was delighted to see it. And uh, yeah, they got some work to do, but it's, you know, before the year, I think I just wanted this team to at least look like they were having fun. And it certainly seems that way. Uh, yeah. For the most part. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And it seemed McVeigh is, he's, uh, I don't know if his press conference after the game on Sunday was uh, pretty fiery. He even slammed his hand on the podium out of frustration talking about trying to get this thing fixed. So he's, he's all in. And when they win, he's having a lot of fun. So this is a team that's trying to win. They're not tanking. They're not, they're not laying down for anyone. So that's, uh, that's encouraging to see. Yeah. And, and like we said, this, the next, like five weeks, five games will be really telling of who this team's going to be uh, going into the, the home stretch of the season. Uh, Cam, thank you as always, man. You can find Cam on the ramswire.usa.com. What's what's your X, X handle these days? Yeah, my X, yeah. <laughs> at Cam DeSilva uh, on, this, on this lovely website that we have here. It's ah. uh, at Cam DeSilva. The best. The best. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Cam, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Steve. Always good to chat. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.